0: Hello, and welcome to another episode of In the End, a morbidly curious podcast. I'm your co-host, Emma Hitchcock. And I'm Tara Ingman. Hey, Tara, how's it going? All right. You know, a little busy, but same, same, mostly. I know. How are you doing? I'm all right. It's been like a while since we (coughs) got to, um, oh, (laughs) that's to record. That doesn't sound good. Are you all right? Yeah. No, I'm totally, I'm super good. Just... You have some sort of like cough thing going on. Is that I, should we be concerned about that? No, no. no. I uh, I had a cold, and then it turned into bronchitis, and now I'm like getting over bronchitis. That's that's all. Hmm. I mean, are you sure you're not coughing up blood? Because if you're coughing up blood, I feel like that means you must have TB, right? I just don't want you to have TB. <laughs> I mean, I'm not I'm not coughing up blood, but even if okay, worse, it were, that's good. Probably not. TB would probably just be like I've been coughing so much I tore up my throat like that's okay but like coughing up blood means you have tuberculosis and it means you're going to die like that is what pop culture has taught me. Okay, if if you're basing that assumption on pop culture then like <laughs> fair. Uh but that's not that's not quite that's not quite how tuberculosis works. So like let's no, no let's let's talk about that. Let's talk about tuberculosis. Yes, let's. Educate okay. me. So you probably know tuberculosis under some other names, uh, like consumption. Yes. Or scrofula. <laughs> scrofula? Yeah. I mean, it's it's gone out of fashion, but yes, that was fun. Uh, uh, we need to bring back scrofula. Okay, sure. Think, yeah. Sure. We'll have an opportunity. Don't worry, we'll get there. Um, <laughs> okay, great. Also known as the White Plague, the Romantic Disease... The romantic disease. I mean, hacking up a line doesn't seem that romantic to me. Yeah, it's it's super. We'll we'll talk about why. Um. Okay. Okay. Getting bit. ahead of myself. Yeah. My no, no. I <laughs> I set you up for that. That's my fault. So, um, tuberculosis might potentially be the oldest disease known to humans. Huh. They've they've found evidence of it Sick. all the way back to the Neolithic period. Mm. And originally, they thought it came from cows because like apparently cows can also get tuberculosis. Poor cows. But, Right? I've never like, seen a cow cough. Does it, like, manifest differently in cows, perhaps? Interesting. Okay. It probably does. Tuberculosis can take a couple of forms. Um, uh, okay.
1: The I'm one just imagining
0: cows, like, trying to chew their cud and, like, coughing. <laughs> <laughs> <Poor cows. laughs> right. And they don't, like, have hands, so they can't even... Right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> when we think of tuberculosis, we're usually thinking of pulmonary tuberculosis yeah. which is is one form which is the coughing form but there are others so it probably does manifest differently in cows but at any rate historical record would suggest that we gave it to them instead of the reverse so our Ooh, bad what? yeah sorry cows so um tuberculosis is a, a mycobacteria which is spread through inhaling it so it's like a droplet situation no. like you cough on yeah. people and you inhale it so people in close quarters uh, are more likely to spread it to one another so like prison populations are very crowded housing, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, only 10% of cases uh, become active. So active tuberculosis is what we're thinking of when we're thinking of, you know, blood covered handkerchiefs. Most cases are latent. So they show no symptoms um, whatsoever. It has really oh. no effect on day to day life. But um, latent tuberculosis can develop into active tuberculosis if it's not treated and your immune system is weakened. Uh-huh. Um, Okay. Yeah. So here's why I like tuberculosis. I mean, I don't. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Tell me. <laughs> um, but it's a really interesting uh, bacteria. So it's it's a mycobacterium, as I said. And the structure of it is kind of interesting. So it goes into your body. Mm-hmm. And as usual with any infection, your white blood cells, like, hop on their white horses and, like, ride to save the day. Um yes. But it actually, um, tuberculosis goes into the white blood cells, like the white blood cells come out and they try to like eat them. And so this mycobacterium goes inside, but um, Hmm. it has a resistance. So normally when your white blood cells attack it and like eat it, it manages to break down the bacteria so that it can fight it and kill it. And then you're fine. Tuberculosis has a mechanism to fight that. Like it will not let itself be digested, basically. Oh. And so it, like, hunkers down in there, and then kamikaze explodes out of it, creating, like, more. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, God, that's gruesome, like, exploding white blood cells, yikes. Yeah, explodes out of them, so now there's more, and now more white blood cells come, (laughs) and they're like, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, and then they, like, Uh. fall into the same pitcher plant, and, uh, yeah, and it continues to... um, Spread. So it's kind of a rinse and repeat situation with that <laughs> as it spreads. It's a tricky these... little bacterium. For sure. And these clusters create granulomas in your lungs, like little, like almost like lesions, little like harder. Uh, like the clusters of like exploded white blood cells, you mean? Like collect eventually and create the granul- granulomas? Uh, yeah, okay. the exploded ones, it it spreads out and they kind of collect together and it gets right, bigger and right. bigger. So it creates- Like white bleeds. blood cell debris. Gross. Yeah, infected Ew. white blood cell debris collects and then the inside goes necrotic. Um, oh, gross. Yeah, caseating granulomas. That's nasty. Yeah, it's it's rotting from the inside. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, and is that what you then cough up? Like the dead tissues, yeah. basically? Yeah. So yeah. you're not just coughing up your lung, you're coughing up like dead bits of your lung mm mm-hmm. wow yeah, that's super gross that's... <laughs> I mean uh, yeah, yeah it was gonna get gruesome okay uh, yeah totally <laughs> and so that's... wait though I have a question I have a question yeah, yeah. so like when it's not in your lungs when it's in I don't know any other part of your body it can get into basically anything right it, it, can it does into... the... yeah go ahead it does the same thing, yeah? Like, white blood yeah. cells go to wherever in your body it is, but, like, you can't cough that up, obviously. So, like, right. the dead tissue just builds up until yeah. it reaches, like, critical mass and the organ shuts down or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, you'll basically, depending on where it is, you you'll, like, you can go septic. septic. It'll uh, get right. into your bloodstream. It, it, it'll it travel. So, yeah, the stuff in your lungs is the, is the most typical, what we think of as pulmonary tuberculosis, but it can get into your joints, um it can get into any and all organs that it feels like journeying to um you can get genital tuberculosis which I read about and like stopped reading because I do not need to go any further (laughs) yeah that's all the information I need about that that's as much the fact that that exists is enough for me we'll stop close the book set it over there we're done i definitely don't need pictures of that yeah Yeah. no exactly (laughs) we are not gonna rock a google on that Mm -mm. (laughs) folks at home (laughs) i mean if you really want to you can google it but like don't tweet it it at us do not (laughs) tweet it i will be (laughs) that's harassment so so that's the structure and that Makes it really difficult to treat, obviously, yeah. because it doesn't yeah, act like, like, like a lot of other. Yeah, a fucker, for sure. Right, which is how it's managed to last so long. Mm-hmm. Um, so, left untreated, uh, about 50% of active tuberculosis cases will be fatal. Ooh, that's high. That is very high, yes. Um, and now, what do you actually die of when you have tuberculosis? Yeah, I, mean, I don't sometimes know. Sometimes blood... It... blood loss? No. Um, respiratory failure, obviously, like you don't have enough right. lung. Really to like <laughs> go yeah, um, yeah, because he it all up. sure <laughs> Right right. it's dying. <laughs> it's necrotic. Um, pneumonia is a typical mm-hmm. complication that'll yeah. that'll do it. and um, malnutrition actually. So the reason it's called or it was called consumption is because it was a wasting disease. It just sort of seemed to consume its host. Yeah. Um, and it makes you sick enough that you just like can't and don't want to eat. So you would just yeah, that's fair die of malnutrition yeah that's the super gross thing that it is so let's look at the let's look at the history of it real quick so I would like you to guess in the last half of the 19th century Hmm. uh, what percentage of deaths were due to tuberculosis like all over the world yes um the latter part of the 19th century like it's got to be less than 50 like 30 to 40 percent well high actually it's 25 percent. Ah, okay god that's still a lot that's a quarter of all deaths in the entire world right Hot in yep. the yeah in the U.S. and the U.K. it was um, in the t- like definitely in the top two usually the number one cause of death wow around that time so it just kind of became like a fact of life <laughs> right like everybody had it all the time always Everybody, I mean, certainly the infection rate is incredibly high and then active cases are only 10%. So like, yes, everyone has tuberculosis, basically, basically (laughs) everyone. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Because like 25% of people dying from it means that's only 50% of the active cases, which is only 10% of the total cases. So like for real, (laughs) for real, like everybody had it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) Um. Yeah. So it's just sort of a fact of, of life. And so the social view of it actually becomes kind of interesting. And that's, and this is where we get to talk about it being like the romantic disease, because for the time period, it, it was actually considered one of the better ways to die. Really? Yeah. So if you think about it, gross though. Oh, super gross and painful, I guess. But like, if you look at a comparative study of like other options of ways to die in the late 1800s. Like, yeah. Uh, all right. Fair. It's, it gives you a chance to like it gives you time. Yeah. Like, As yeah, you have it, sure. you have some time to get your affairs in order and like mm-hmm. say goodbye to your people. So it's actually, it, it's considered a good death at that point. And you can see that reflected in a lot of pop culture, like in a lot of literature and, and, um, hmm but like, okay, the pur- the portrayals of tuberculosis that I'm most familiar with are like the prostitutes, right? So like La Traviata and La Boheme and like all of the later adaptations of those that like prostitutes had it. So like it can't be that glamorous, right? There are a lot of examples of that, but if you look at the deaths of said prostitutes in in these situations, like it's seen as a death of redemption. Uh, right. Okay. Yeah. I see that. Like the prostitute with a heart of gold, like redeems right. herself, whatever. Yeah, I suppose. Right. Okay. I see that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and in 1882, uh, it's actually identified as an infectious disease. Uh, Robert Koch of Koch's postulate, which you may or may <laughs> not know. What is Koch's postulate? Koch's postulate is kind of what gives us germ theory. Huh? Okay. He, sure. He does a lot of the underlying work to show, that diseases are infectious and can be transmitted and isolating certain Mm. bacteria and things. So in
1: 1882,
0: he actually um, discovers and isolates this mycobacterium of tuberculosis and Mm. everybody's like, awesome. Now we know what causes it. Fantastic. Totally. But like, now what do we do? Right. We still can't like do anything about it. Like cure it. Right. We can't cure it because, you know, antibiotics don't exist yet. So, so the treatments at this point. Um, <laughs> I bet they're super effective. <laughs> they're, inc- yeah, they're, they're, they're really effective. Um, general, uh, like in the U.S., it would have been like, go uh, west and cross your yeah. fingers. Um, <laughs> Good luck with that. <laughs> right. Um, roughly the 1840s, they become popular a little bit later, but to the early 20th century, we think of like the sanatoriums. Mm-hmm. so yeah. their first instinct was like let's just isolate these people really yeah right it's totally fair so they would take them and put them in these sanatoriums but we don't really have a way of treating it so their treatment was um not great <laughs> yeah and although actually now that I think about it if like 90% of the population has tuberculosis then like I mean a sanatorium is kind of redundant at that point no well, you know <laughs> right I mean they're they're isolating active <laughs> cases which are going to be more yeah, virulent yeah, which are going to be more obviously... to spread. And they don't really know that everybody has. Yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, not their fault. They don't know. But like, kind of funny anyway. (laughs) Like, all 90% of you, like 90% of the population has TB. But like, you 5%, (laughs) you must go away (laughs) and be isolated. The three basic tenets of tuberculosis treatment at this time are, and you're going to love it, sunshine. Just go. (laughs) Go sit in the sun. That will... never a bad idea at least i suppose but like not going to be super effective yeah um fresh air also not definitely not going to hurt you but like also not going to kill the bacteria but yeah sure and bed rest (laughs) again Old standard. Yeah. Uh, there actually is uh some some science to because they, they were really keen on them laying completely flat, which sounds wrong because you're like you're gonna <laughs> drown in your own lungs, but there's a way the way that gravity works with your organs when you're prone actually does help make it a little easier to breathe when you have tuberculosis for whatever reason. Again, B T dubs. Not an epidemiologist so like... or a doctor, but like whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so like could like mm make like treating the symptoms which i guess is really all they can do at this point since there's no penicillin right. yet so like yeah all right fair so enough. there were some um alternative treatments developed um diet was a big thing like historically if you're looking at like medicine and i use heavy quotation marks because we didn't really have medicine <laughs> until recently recently um, yeah Diet was always seen as a really big component. So there were – I couldn't find any specifics on the diets they developed for tuberculosis. But during this time period, a lot of diseases they thought they could treat with fasting or with special diets. Um, Mm -hmm. And, like, this is not – you can see an episode – let's see. There's an episode of Adam Ruins Everything that mentions this. And there's an episode of the podcast Sawbones where they talk about this. But, like, John Kellogg from our breakfast cereal – had a whole like mm. commune set up and he developed Kellogg's cornflakes to like oh. make men more virile. That was the original thing. It was supposed to like, gross. Okay. Re- <laughs> it was supposed to like <laughs> reinforce your sperm. But like, anyway, this is a common gross. kind of idea is if we can uh, develop the right diet, we can treat this and you'll get better. Um, okay. Yeah. And they also had some surgeries that they would try. Oh no. Okay. Yeah. Brace yourselves. All right. Going to get worse before it gets better. Um, uh-huh. Uh lobectomy was not totally out of the question. Like, they're like, let's just hack out that infected lung and, like, I that'll mean, help. That's fair. Sure. Yeah. That's fair. Like, I mean, tuberculosis travels and it can get into your bloodstream and there's a lot of stuff. So, like, maybe not right. the most effective. But A for effort. Like I'll right. give you, the yeah, star. like a a good guess, you know. Like this part is very visibly infected, so like let's take it out and see how that goes, you know. Fair. Um, um, definitely not signing up for it, but I understand right. the <laughs> reasoning behind it. Right. And if you had tuberculosis at this point, maybe you would sign up for it because, like, yeah. What's I mean, your what else are they gonna do? Yeah, <laughs> like I can lay down in the sunshine and the fresh air. Like that's my and, alternative. <laughs> and you're watching people drop like flies around you because like the death rate in these places was pretty goddamn high. Like even right. among doctors and nurses. Right. So like yeah, yeah okay. Course. I mean sure, grab a hacksaw, yeah. let's go. Um, and there were also I can't remember the name of it, but sometimes they would remove some of your ribs. Like they'd go in and and hack out some I think of your you ribs. Did to create more right. space to create more space for your lungs to exist hoping that that would help you breathe better i guess god that's <laughs> way more horrifying than taking out a chunk of my lung okay all right i feel like you have a better chance of surviving that though i mean for sure yeah given yeah. the techniques of the time like break Definitely. a couple of yeah. bones off and take them with you or no it just hack just out an organ me. Yeah, I don't know. I can't explain oh, it. Oh yeah, no, it's it's Seems much worse. <laughs> um, and then they also did this thing called phrenic nerve crush. Oh, that sounds bad too. It is. Uh, it's a they would go in and there's a um, your phrenic nerve runs down the back of your neck and along the back of your lungs and helps you wow. basically breathe. So they would like, crush Like not that. important at all then. Okay. Not important at all, and they would go in and crush it basically so that it would. Um, partially paralyze and deflate the lung that was infected Um, why that seems counterproductive hoping in the same way as like taking out the infected lung um that it wouldn't spread like we'll just like disable it and leave it there and like hope it's okay I okay like you guys can't see my face right now but like (laughs) I have a very upset face on, like, that is extremely upsetting. Okay. okay. So let's, okay, that's it gets worse before it gets better, but, like, now uh-huh. let's go to, uh, let's go to it getting a little better. Okay. So this yeah, is the stuff great. that they were doing through kind of the early 20th century. But then, what do we get that changes everything? Well, we get penicillin, right? Exactly. Yay! So, antibiotics. And the first effective treatment for tuberculosis was in 1944 they 19... developed 44 correct that was not that long ago it was not nope um wow it's like 75 years ago so streptomycin was the first one it was uh, an intravenous injection very strong <laughs> antibiotics um and then in 1952 they developed the first oral antibiotic to treat it which made it a little easier to like Give the drugs to folks and it wasn't until the 1970s that they came up with rifamprin uh which gave a faster recovery time and was also an an oral treatment for it and so in <coughs> <coughs> sorry still not to be a promise um <laughs> i didn't summon it like bloody mary um <laughs> Yeah, roughly like late 1970s, everybody's feeling really good. They're like, we are going to eradicate tuberculosis. Like, we have Mm -hmm. got this. We are on it. Yeah, it's under control. Yeah. And then, and then like the 1980s happened, and lots of stuff happened in the 80s. (laughs) Uh, But uh, that's when they discover drug resistant tuberculosis. Right. Of course. Yeah. So I don't know how familiar you are with the terminology on this, but drug resistant just means that it's resistant. Like a certain resistant strain is resistant to, to one. Nope, it's drug resistant just means it's resistant to one type of treatment. So uh, if they, uh, like you're being treated and it's not responding to one type of medication they'll switch to another one. Right. But yes. as we established earlier, um, tuberculosis is kind of a tricksy little fucker. So um, they discover drug resistant tuberculosis and then they discover multi-drug resistant which means it's resistant to two. Then there's extensively drug resistant, which is three or more. Um, But wait, because there's one more category, which is (laughs) totally drug resistant. And there are strains of TB that fall into all of these categories now. Fantastic. Um, Yeah. So that's kind of where we're at. Like we haven't made super great strides since the 80s and actually the number of tuberculosis is sliding right we are in (laughs) fact backsliding yes uh (laughs) number of active cases is rising at least the numbers i saw for the uk it's rising every year and has been steadily for like the last decade as of the numbers i could find for 2010 or 2011 i can't um tb infects about 25 percent of the world population currently wow so we're like Back up to 25% infected. I mean, before it was 25% dead, but like 25% infected is still a lot of people. It's really high and it's, there's a huge disparity between countries. So like in the U S it's, it hovers around 10%, a little less, uh, like kind of in the Western world, but there are places again in, um, poorer countries, like the developing world where it is up to like 80, 85% again. Holy um, God. Yep. And it is the second leading cause of death by infectious disease, second only to HIV. Wow. Like worldwide, that is. Worldwide. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's crazy. Still, like, I mean, you got to give TB props, I suppose. Like, well done, I guess. I absolutely do. I, I give it props. And I mean, I think, I, I think everybody's sort of aware of this. I know um, r- roughly 10 years ago, there was a big thing in the news about... Um, an explosion of tuberculosis among Russian prison populations. Mm, yeah, yeah, I remember that. That was around the time we were there, wasn't it? Yeah, that was, like, right, that came out right before we moved there, which my parents were <laughs> like, thrilled <laughs> to bits. I don't know what your parents' reaction was, but... Uh, yeah, fair. <laughs> I did have this moment in having the conversation because I'd already decided to go, and I was, like, buying the ticket, and I'm leaving in 30 days, and I'm moving to Russia. Goodbye, parents. And I remember, like... <laughs> I think it was my mm-hmm. mom's second or third argument was like, but tuberculosis. And I just thought, like, it is 2008. I love yeah. that we're having this conversation. Yeah. I mean, I probably would have thought, like, please, nobody gets TB anymore. But, like, clearly I would have been wrong. Yeah. Right. And that's, <laughs> I mean, that's a vulnerable population. Like, yeah, of course. Systems like, some are not going to be crowded prison populations anywhere in the world, certainly. Yeah. Right. And it's cold. Not awesome and... health care in a exactly. lot of places. Yeah, totally. Probably not a great diet. Like they're extremely susceptible. Oh, yeah. And then they get infected and it spreads to guards and the guards spread it out from there. And uh-huh. so I mean like Yeah, yeah. Uh ep- huh. Epidemiologists are getting a little nervous about tuberculosis. Um, there were some yeah, trials. Not without reason, yeah. Right. I mean, there have been I was reading in the fall, nothing it's all still a little half-baked but they are doing some research on a new um a new antibiotic to to treat some mm. of these more drug resistant uh okay. strains of tuberculosis but ultimately it comes down to like access to health care and hygiene and yeah. housing and making sure that these vulnerable populations are less vulnerable to tuberculosis right, like right. that's the best way to treat but- this to make sure because like if everybody's infected but it's latent that's because your immune system is, is good enough to like mm. bite it off basically. Yeah. Um, yeah. so homeless populations like New York had an, um, was started to have an outbreak mm-hmm. amongst homeless populations. Right. Again, not a great diet. Yeah. Food, shelter, clothing, <laughs> all of these things are important. So like if we would like to not all have tuberculosis and, die like le Mes then maybe we should like worry about our homeless and prison populations like not to get super preachy about this but I'm just like in terms of practical practical point of view yeah totally practical action items yeah about tuberculosis like those are totally I mean I have definitely been like coughed on like in the face by homeless people in New York City. So who knows? <laughs> I might have latent TB. Like, I have no symptoms of it, but you never know. <laughs> I mean, I imagine... Maybe I should get test tested. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, I have recently, actually, because that was part of my... Uh, like, three years ago, I had to do a complete physical, and that's part of the blood work. If you want to get tested, just because you're curious and weird. Paranoid after listening to this episode also Definitely. A no judgment um, <laughs> i think i'll sure get myself tested after recording this episode <laughs> right and certain countries to apply for a visa you'll have to have it like russia last i knew yeah require yeah. a tuberculosis test in order to go I and it's remember it's just, doing one for that yeah but yeah <laughs> it's it's a really simple test it's a scratch test on your skin and they let it sit for a couple of days and if it bubbles up then you are a carrier mm-hmm. at least and um then what happens you like get a pill that you take like once yeah. a day or whatever They will – yeah, they'll start a a treatment regimen, which is usually a combination of antibiotics taken over ideally, I believe, months, depending on what the medications are. And that's another problem is, like, getting people – yeah, it's a long time and it's – because it's a feisty little bugger. Yeah, Um, (laughs) yeah. And getting people to cooperate and getting people access to that kind of medication over time makes it even harder to treat in Mm -hmm. developing countries. So, like, it's problematic and it's on the rise. But, like, stay tuned because people are, in fact, worried about this. And so there are scientists getting funding to work on it. Okay. I mean, (laughs) I guess the good news is that, like, from a survival point of view, basically the entire world had TB for, like, many, many centuries. And, like, Mm -hmm. the human race made it through and is still here so like even if we all get tb again like the human race will probably pull through we just might all have tb you know i mean probably that's a different episode but we should definitely talk about um (laughs) there's there's this theory because they've looked at how long species last like Mm. just generally if you start looking at um who goes extinct? And human beings are actually kind of entering the furthest end of expected life expectancy. So, like, again, a different episode and super depressing, but like, TB may <laughs> outlive us, is all I'm saying. Oh, I think that's, yeah, that's a definite possibility. But not because TB kills us, but like because we kill ourselves, you know? Oh, for I sure. sure. Like yes. That yes. That's like, a whole other More likely at this point in time, anyway. <laughs> wow. Things somehow started at tuberculosis and got darker. <laughs> <laughs> sorry sorry guys yes pull it back pull it back together so like the good news is tb probably not gonna wipe out the human race although TB is, it seems yeah like tb is unlikely to be B- the next major plague right. right okay but like if you do get tb finish your fucking antibiotics you know absolutely that is <laughs> that is how drug resistant strains yeah generally come into existence as people start to feel a little better and they stop taking their meds, which which gives it the oh. chance to mutate. So, like, take your medication <laughs> as directed by mm. your doctor because if they're giving it to you, it's for a reason. Okay. Angry PSA <laughs> over. <laughs> right, Let's just wrap it up. Uh, that's the history to be. I don't currently have it. Okay. Good. Uh, I just have bronchitis. I probably don't currently have it, but, like, maybe I should go get okay. myself tested. Doctors are working on it. Smart people are aware of the problem and they're working on it and it is unlikely to wipe out the human race yay yay that's, that's the bow that i can put on this episode <laughs> excellent so as always you can tweet us at in the end podcast or email us at in the end at gmail.com Please. and send us your comments and suggestions et cetera, et cetera. we'd love to hear from you thanks for joining us we will be back next time thanks Baby Josh was sick again this week, right? So yeah. I texted, um, just hoping everything fine. And he's yeah. like, no, I almost died for real. They had to airlift me to the hospital. And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> like...